Hey guys, I have a question for you. Are you ready for something new and for your life to take a meaningful direction? Well, we are about to take a big step into the world of possibilities, a place where we don't like to talk about how bad things are, but rather of how great things could be. Here, we look at the world with a new set of eyes, learn our thing or two, and by inspiring each other, we try to find happiness in new realities. I'm Anne Therese, and this is my podcast, Hey Change. Hey there, welcome back to Hey Change and to another inspiring episode about how we can make this world a better place. Today we're talking to Joyce Hu, the co-founder of the Sustainable Fashion Alliance here in San Francisco and also the marketing and creative director at Wildlife Works, the world's only carbon neutral fair trade factory protecting wildlife. Based in Kenya, Wildlife Works Factory produces for ethical brands such as Puma, Globin, Raven and Lily, Laleso, and more. They're also helping big companies from all over the world offsetting their carbon footprint. And what does that even mean? Well, more about that soon. Prior to Wildlife Works, Joyce was a marketing director for Shanghai Tang, a global fashion brand based in Hong Kong. She's been a signed fashion model in New York City, and from that whole experience, she founded thebooker.com the first only direct-to-talent booking platform for models. And as she's still running that today, alongside her work at Wildlife Works and at the Sustainable Fashion Alliance, she's also recently launched the sustainable beachwear company Marlon Ray. So needless to say, Joyce is a woman of power and one that knows a thing or two about fashion. So I think we can trust that she has some deep knowledge behind the question, can we change the world through fashion? This is a super empowering episode and one that leaves you with encouragement to get out in this world and to feel good about the changes that we make. I'm super honored to have Joyce on my show and to be able to share this conversation with you guys. And if you like it, please remember to share with friends and family and to also leave a quick review on iTunes. Your feedback means so much to me. And together, if we can help share this positivity, we can really make the world a better place. All right, ladies and gentlemen, dogs and cows, let's talk fashion and how to change the world with Joyce Hu. guys welcome back to another episode of hey change and welcome to joyce hi joyce hi Anne. thanks for having me thanks for having me in your beautiful office space yeah we're here today at radiant workspace a friend of mine temi started this beautiful women's only workspace and yes yeah. are welcome to come check it out it's in the beautiful potrero hill mm-hmm. did i say it right yeah yeah thank you <laughs> so um yeah we're here to talk about wildlife works and uh, all the amazing work that you guys are doing there and um for you to teach me some about what things like offsetting your carbon footprint means and uh also how that kind of plays a big role today in the corporate ecosystem 
which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So uh, please tell us a bit about the company you work for and what you guys do and whatnot. Yeah. Well, today you'll hear about a lot of things that we do, but first and foremost, we are a wildlife and forestry conservation company. So everything we do always goes back to supporting that objective, saving forests, saving wildlife. And we protect forests by creating and selling carbon offset credits developed by stopping deforestation. Uh, so the profit that is made from selling the carbon credits that we create and sell funds all types of community projects uh, at our conservation site. And the profits are also shared directly with the landowners uh, who have committed themselves to protecting the forest with us. So the carbon credits allow them to make more money protecting the forest than cutting it down uh, through unsustainable means like cattle ranching, illegal charcoal, uh, and in the case of our Congo project, logging. Okay, there's a lot of terminology right now. I'm there like, what is lot. she talking about? So just to back up, um, yeah. you guys exist in Africa, right? Yes, we actually have projects all over the world. Okay. Yeah, but our pilot project is in Kenya, and uh, in Kenya we protect over 500,000 acres of forest there. Uh, and all the wildlife and biodiversity in that forest. Just to get a bigger picture or a better picture of what you guys do, can you tell me a little bit how this got founded in the first place and yeah. how the story started? Yeah, it's a great story. So our founder, Mike Korczynski, um, he had a pretty successful consulting firm back in the 80s, and he and his wife went on a safari uh, in, in Kenya, and uh, he just... He's an animal lover, and he fell in love with elephants. And uh, he who went, doesn't? Right? I mean, they're just beautiful, sentient beings for sure, and they have so much to teach us. Um, so he went uh, to a sanctuary there, and he just noticed a cycle of violence. You know, the 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 uh, the rangers were armed, the poachers were armed, and there was just this cycle of violence that that wouldn't stop because people were not having getting jobs in the local community uh, and that's what people need to stop poaching and stop deforestation so he was so inspired that he came back and he sold his consulting firm and put all of his money all of his resources all his entire energy and vision into creating a market-based solution for conservation. So he knew that it had to be market-based because you have to create jobs and then they gotta be long-term uh, sustainable jobs. So he found a piece of property uh, in Kenya that uh, is actually between two national parks. And it's a, it's a really, it's an active wildlife corridor, but because it was in between two national parks, it wasn't protected. So it was a vulnerable area where poachers were slipping in and you know able to to poach uh, the wildlife there and illegal charcoal was happening illegal cattle ranching was happening and the forest there was completely being depleted and the wildlife was being driven away so he came on um, was able to get that piece of property which is only eighty thousand acres which is a lot sounds like when i say only mm -hmm. i only i say only because now we protect 500,000 acres. Oh, wow. And that's in partnership with the landowners. So we don't own that land. We just own the 80,000 acres there. And that's where our sanctuary started. Uh, and we started actually with the uh, fair trade factory. So this was in 2000, before anybody was talking about sustainable fashion, before people were talking about organic. And here Mike was saying, okay, we're going to start a fair trade factory in the middle of the bush. 
uh, and make only organic cotton t-shirts. It was amazing. People must have thought he was crazy. He, people thought he was crazy. But back then, you know, he put all his money into marketing it. And he actually was so successful. He created a market for organic cotton t-shirts. He had uh, Oprah. He was on, you know, he had the t-shirts on Oprah. He had Charlize Theron, um, all kinds of, uh, Cindy Crawford, um, talking up the brand and, you know, celebrity uh, endorsements and really build the market and they he uh, wildlife versus carried in Nordstrom's and um, was quite successful but at that time the the factory hasn't hadn't built been built up enough so he couldn't fill the demand right mm-hmm. that he created himself right um ahead so of himself he was ahead of the yeah always ahead of the curve uh, and got ahead of himself uh, and you know at, th- at that time the factory was only uh, 10, ten seamstresses, uh, and we had 10 rangers, and it was a pretty small They must operation. have been like, wait a second, what's going on? We yeah. have all these orders coming in, we cannot do that. <laughs> exactly, they couldn't keep up. So mm-hmm. um, then, you know, he realized, too, that he had to really control the distribution, right? Because it was really difficult to work through um, the wholesale system and the demand for newness and seasonality. Um, so he opened up his own store, in 2008 in San Francisco and unfortunately that's when the crash happened Mm. so very shortly after he had to close down that shop and um, the crash really just uh, you know let the company he he had to let the company just glide on on you know low profile for a bit and um, that's when people started talking to him about the carbon offset market. And he said, they said that this was a really prime area for protecting forests. And then 2009 is when we launched the carbon business. And it's just been gangbuster. Yeah, from, from then on out. And I really want to talk more about the whole carbon footprint part of this yeah. business. But so before we leave this other uh, intro, it's... So I think what's something that would really struck me is that, you know, he went to Africa just for vacation. And I think the, the most common picture we have is that someone comes from the outside and like plant roots in a foreign country and then they kind of take over. And, you know, they are they are the roots of the deforestation and the harm to this planet or to that part of the country. Whereas here it was like, no, it's actually the locals. And I think we don't really see it that way. And what he understood was like, well, these people just need to survive. And the only thing they care about is like getting food for the day or like, you know, exactly. just sustainable, sustain their living. And they don't see the wholesome picture, whereas like what they do is harming the planet or whatever. Right. They don't understand. Yeah. They don't know. They, you know, they're just, like you said, they're just concerned about surviving. So that's actually a lot of our program uh, on the ground is we do a lot of education, community mm-hmm. education, uh, community workshops in the bush like people who uh, a lot of people don't even have much of an education but here they are discussing and learning about climate change it's pretty right. powerful it must be super cool but they also see they're the ones that are seeing the direct effects of climate change right, right? and they just don't have the uh the means the, the, yeah they don't you know they don't have the actual uh, the knowledge behind why what what why it's happening maybe you know, yeah they, they weren't able to make the connection between oh i'm cutting down this tree and that's why exactly. i'm feeling this way about whatever exactly. to really talk about because i still not really know what it means like what does it mean to offsetting your carbon footprint yeah it's a great question a lot of, i mean i have to answer this question constantly 
Um, it, it feels very abstract, but you know, once you explain it, it actually makes a lot of sense. So practically everything we do and everything we buy emits greenhouse gases and contributes to, glo to global warming. So it's the production of anything, right? right. Creates greenhouse gases. Um, you have these massive factories and they're emitting um, you know, chemicals in the air because of production. Uh, and the mass production and the global supply chain has accelerated global warming because mm -hmm. the greenhouse gas emissions are just being emitted at an accelerated rate now, which is why we're seeing all these extreme weather events. And now it's our new normal. So, I mean, in my eyes, I mean, we literally are overproducing ourselves into extinction and it's quite alarming and quite sad. So we really need to slow down this acceleration. And it's tough because the global economy and the global supply chain is so huge. Um, but we do have to do everything we can. So, you know, as a, as, as, as a world, we do need to slow down our consumption. We need to decrease our reliance on fossil fuels. Um, but we also can do something now, which is offsetting. We can actually offset our current, we can neutralize our current carbon emissions. And what that means is basically you're neutralizing, like whatever carbon emissions your like your impact your carbon impact that you're creating from living like buying this computer commuting taking the train driving all of that you can calculate that that footprint that impact and then you neutralize neutralize it by buying carbon offset credits from a company that actually is absorbing carbon mm. okay so does that make sense yeah it does so it's like neutralizing your your carbon impact right. with carbon credits that are doing good and absorbing carbon, the equivalent amount of carbon that you're off, you're you're emitting, right? Because right. there there are ways to neutralize it, but me as a consumer or any company, there's you can't really avoid. There's unavoidable carbon right. emissions. You know, you can you can have LED lights, you can have um, you know, you can do everything you can to minimize, but you there's still going to be unavoidable. Um, carbon impact and mm -hmm. carbon emissions. So the way we produce our carbon credits is we protect forests. We we prevent further deforestation from happening. So if we weren't here to protect that forest, that those trees would have been gone, which means that's carbon in the air, right? If right. The, if we're now protecting the forest, it's it's absorbing carbon mm -hmm. from the atmosphere. So that's how we're able to produce those carbon credits and then people can neutralize their our carbon impact against the carbon that we're absorbing with the forest that we're protecting. So basically companies, I think because it's mainly companies you work with, uh, right. they can purchase carbon footprint or offset carbon credits yes. and to fund your mission, exactly. which is, you know, um, protecting these forests. Exactly. And protecting the wildlife, the biodiversity, and then also, really, the big component to it is the community, is supporting the community's jobs. Because that's is this, that's the sustainable part of our holistic project, is creating sustainable jobs for the community in the area. Because right. if we don't do that, they're, they're, we're always going to be fighting against the human-wildlife conflict. Mm, yeah. Amazing. So uh, why do you believe that just preventing further deforestation is the most effective way to combat climate change? Yeah, so deforestation is an aggregate of many industries, including logging industry that we need for wood needs like construction and all of our paper consumption, which is massive. 
and also agriculture and our meat and the meat industry and it's it's huge so deforestation actually creates up to 15 percent of all global greenhouse gas emissions 15 like 15 one five mm -hmm. yeah which is uh, you know it's 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 a lot um, and if we're able to stop deforestation, that would result in 30% of the emissions reductions needed to keep our, our globe below the two degrees rise that everyone's concerned mm -hmm. about, which we already passed. We're beyond that point. Um, but of course, we you know need to do everything we can to, again, just slow the acceleration. And not think it's too late, but to actually be like, well, it's late, but let's not it's think late. it's too late. You yeah. Know, let's I do mean, something. We be, we're, again, we're beyond that point, but we that, that doesn't, I mean, that's even more reason why we need to step up and do step something. Step up, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny uh, once my boyfriend said that, you know, sometime soon someone's going to come up with a, an invention or some technology that is just going to, like, take the carbon in the air and, like, make that into oxygen. And right. I was like, well, we kind of have that, and we, those are called trees, exactly. you know. Exactly. It was such already a exist. awesome point. I love that. People are searching for technology, but actually nature is taking care of it for us, right. and we're destroying the world's lungs. Yeah. Let's stop, you know, just destroying what we already have out there this amazing technology that we can never copy because yeah. it's just so incredible in itself. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean... I'm kind of curious, because um, now I want to like help as much as I can, but is there any way a regular person, like someone who's not in charge of a massive corporation and can buy all these credits, like what could we do to help prevent deforestation? Such a great question. I get that question all the time because I feel like a lot of consumers, and this I think in sustainable fashion, consumers feel the same way. We feel really helpless, right? But as an individual, you can absolutely do things uh, to really make an impact. Uh, for me, I always think twice about everything I buy, right? So first, do I really need it? Mm. And if I do, what is a more sustainable alternative? And there's always a more alternative, uh, sustainable alternative, always. So, so you, mean, you mean like it's, it's actually coming down to my consumerism? Absolutely. Decrease consumption, slow down mm. your consumption. I think that... The, the culture of consumption has just been so impulsive because it's just the marketing machine. All these companies just need to grow profits and it's just like buy, 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 now, 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 more, 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 save, save, save. And people have just been trained to think that way and we need to just stop and slow down and think twice about every purchase we make. And I think that would make all the difference in the world. Because once you are able to slow down and think about your purchases, you just realize like you don't you don't need it, you mm. know? And and a lot of it is just this mind trap, this circular mind trap that's like, you know, more, 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 need, 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 buy, buy, buy. And it, you know, again, we're just we're really consuming our world to depletion. Yeah. But I think most people wouldn't make the connection of, oh, I'm gonna go buy this this food or this sweater. And how is that cutting down trees? Yeah. Well, I think that's, you have to start thinking about everything that you buy has a carbon imprint, right? Carbon impact. I mean, mm. the more stuff you have, the bigger your carbon footprint is. And what that carbon footprint translates to is carbon emissions and greenhouse gas emissions in the air that's creating global climate increase that is destroying our world yeah and so, also like you know i i 
became vegan for this reason. You yeah. know, agriculture industry is cutting down forests like crazy. Exactly. I think there's a and the methane. And the methane comes out, just making things even worse. The good thing about that is like, compared to CO two, um, methane doesn't stick around. So yeah. the minute we stop, you know, producing it, it's gonna go down. Right. So if we actually reduce our dairy and um, meat consumption we there's will an make impact. a huge difference so true yeah exactly and we don't need any trees to consume that it's just gonna no. go away exactly so that's a good yeah. thing and also one thing that i really love about your mission with wildlife works is the whole idea that you know economic growth and planet protection doesn't have to be separate things but rather that one can fuel the other and vice versa and um, I guess, are you seeing an increased understanding today from companies that they should care about reducing and offsetting their carbon footprint? Yes. Well, I think what's happening is they're starting, they, well, they've known that their economic, economic growth is dependent on protecting the planet. Companies have known for a while that our consumption rate of all these non-renewable resources is actually unsustainable. And the effects of global warming are now too severe to ignore and they are directly impacting their supply chain. So meaning they have to start looking at their carbon input in, uh, impact because it's impacting their supply of natural resources out there, right? Oh, so it's not just about like the consumers waking up and it's all changing of it. the it's, demand. It's okay. all of it, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, you know, I mean, again, like I was saying, they've known this, that their consumption is, is unsustainable. But now, not only is there more consumer awareness and consumer pressure, but they're also starting to see that global warming is affecting their supply of all the re renewable, non-renewable resources that they need. Mm. You know, um, because of the because of global warming, we have extreme weather uh, patterns, which makes food re for food resources unreliable. Um, you know, f forests are being cut down. Um, it's affecting everything. Mm -hmm. So it's basically, it's affecting the, the supply and the, the resources in their supply chain. Yeah. So if they don't protect that, they're not going to have a business in the future. Right. And I think the hopeful part about everything is that what you were just saying, everyone is realizing that we can't just put this in someone else's hands anymore. Like we all need to step up yeah. uh, to our responsibilities to help, you know, yeah. prevent further destruction of a planet but exactly. also like how can we change the entire system and I think just change the dream of the consumer like what yeah. do we really need and how can we make new ways of doing things because like you said there, we, there's kind of un, unavoidable to have any you know carbon footprint on this planet but we can change the amount of things we consume and also the whole supply chain and the production can change and we're seeing a lot of that happening with fashion going from linear to circular, meaning yeah. we are, you know, recycling, reusing, repurposing all materials. Yeah. Um, we see new kinds of materials being, you know, coming to surface where like hemp is a lot a big product or, mm -hmm. you know, sugarcane made making plastic or yeah. algae is whatever is becoming straw. So it's super cool. Yeah. Um, that we are being more resourceful nowadays and realizing we don't have to uh, rely on oil for everything exactly. we create. We don't have to put everything back into the landfill. Like exactly. we can put it in a circular system and, you know, and also vintage, you know, it's a great way to be circular exactly. and conscious. Exactly. And I think, you know, again, like I was saying that consumers are waking up to it. It's a, it's a multi-prong solution, mm -hmm. right? Companies have to actually make the impact and make the change because they have the, they actually have the biggest impact. Consumers need to pressure the companies and consumers need to reflect the change in their personal 
behavior as well. Yeah. It all comes full circle. Yeah. So what are some companies you guys work with? Uh, in terms of the bigger companies, we work with Caring Group, uh, which is the conglomerate that owns Stella McCartney and Gucci and, and Puma, who are also our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, B- uh, Bottega Veneta, Audi, yeah. Shell has recently been um, one of our clients, which is a huge statement um, towards you know big companies realizing an oil company saying, okay, we are actually right. we do need to Let's protect just our face forests. It, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Microsoft, ASOS, Ted Baker, Rainforest Alliance, IFC Bank, uh, Kenya Airways. These are just some of the companies that might be familiar uh, cool. to, to a big the companies. regular person. Yeah. yeah, It's a big deal, definitely. Yeah. I mean, not only are you providing services for companies like these, but you also are still running, what you say in your website, the world's only carbon neutral, neutral fair trade factory protecting wildlife yeah um so what is this what is this factory what does it do yeah so i like i was as i was explaining in the beginning that is actually the 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 founding um mission or the founding thing of our company is we started this factory um like mike Korczynski started this factory as a way to create jobs out there. So now it is still part of our job creation diversity program. Uh, we have 70 jobs out of the 300 or so jobs that we have at our Kenya project, which is great. I mean, that's like 25% of the workforce out there. Uh, and we produce for brands like Raven and Lily, Puma, Globin, Greater Good, Lalesso. Um, so those are just some of the brands that, again, some people, you know, what the average person may know, cool. but a lot of smaller and medium-sized brands that people might have never heard of, but brands that are super committed to sustainable production and ethical production. Awesome. Yeah, so basically any brand who wants to be more sustainable and conscious in their production can reach out to you guys and have things made in your factory exactly. in Kenya. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I ever start a clothing brand, <laughs> yes, I think we guys. come through. <laughs> um, so... With that said, do you think that fashion uh, can play a part in changing the world? Absolutely. If you look at the stats, fashion produces 5 to 10% of all greenhouse gas emissions, and the U.S. alone produces about 16 million tons of textile waste per year. Oh, my God. Like, that's just... I mean, I can't even imagine. I don't even know what that I just hear, looks heard like. millions and tons. And yeah, me, you know, 16 crazy. million. But I also had to do some research and make the math and do the math there to, to, to understand kind of like the percentage. So that's basically 7% of all landfills. So 7% of landfills is textiles. Like that's just insane. And they're toxic. And they're toxic. It's all plastic. Exactly. They're plastic. That was another point I was going to make is, you know, not to mention all the microplastics that are in polyester that gets uh, carried through the food system, the you know, through the soil, through the water system. And those are hormones that are affecting everything from you know child development to women's fertility and on and on and on yeah and i mean i think that the whole transparency today and movements like who make my clothes the hashtag and fashion revolution and you know us talking about it right now it's just the consumers are starting to know the toxic in clothes and like it's actually affecting my own health too. Yeah. You know, I don't want to wear clothes that are like full of toxins and made from oil. Right. I've never known this before. Right. But you know, the more we know, the more we're gonna question the things we're wearing and like maybe second think everything we buy and look for other options out there. And there are factories making clothes that are good for you and for the exactly. planet and for everything. So I think it used to be. I think people used to think that if I want to be, you know, 
a tree hugger or care about the planet, I need to not care about fashion, which is totally not true. No. And more so, you can actually um, lead a revolution today caring about fashion exactly. and really speaking up for the right things. Exactly. Just like we were saying, just based on the stats alone, you know, fashion has a huge impact on the global economy and global environmental impact. It's it's huge. So what are some of your favorite brands? Oh, yeah. So uh, Everlane um, is locally here. They're great. Um, I'm actually wearing Mara Hoffman, and mm. I've been actually follow, following Mara Hoffman for a while, and she just recently, maybe within the last two years, has switched her entire business model to be more sustainable, which is really encouraging because she's a beautiful brand mm. and um, really design-focused, and it's, it's, it's great to see more and more luxury and high-end brands making that shift for yeah, sure. Definitely, yeah. I'm constantly learning about new brands. And yeah, I mean, there are out. so many great brands. Um, Amor Ver is here. Um, I mean, I can go on and on. I know, we can keep going, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. it is. And I, I really try to, you know, I, I, I wear exclusively packed underwear. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have great co- organic cotton t-shirts. Um, it just I, feels so different. I've had things shipped to me because brands reach out. And my boyfriend's mm-hmm. like, this t-shirt is so soft. I'm like, yeah. it's organic. What yeah. can I say? You feel the difference. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you really do. So what would you say is the best thing about your job? Well, um, the fact that I know that I'm making an impact is just so, um, so important to me. Um, and that I wake up every morning feeling really grateful for the work that the company is doing and my contribution um, to the company and, and that we're doing important work yeah so what, what would you say are some things that you learned from working at wildlife works that you wish that you could just tell every human being right now that they could just know instantly yeah it's such a it's such a great question and um you know i, I don't think it's anything new but i i do think um you know vision and persistence really pays off mm. Um, our founder has always been ahead of the curve like i was saying and um fashion and forest production in the in the world of fashion and, and forest production, he's always been on, uh, ahead of the market, and so we've really been through some rough times. But we all believed in the mission, and we stuck through. And uh, now, now we're you know doing great and making more and more impact. Um, so the other thing that I've learned from working with Wildlife Works is that we live in a market-driven world, and we have seen that it's market-based solutions that really have the biggest impact for change. Mm. I love that. Yeah, really I think do. It's, it's, yeah. it's a very important and, and big and sometimes sometimes controversial point. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys might not know this, but Joyce is a powerhouse because she's not just working for Wildlife Works. She has all these other things going on. Um, it's a bit much sometimes. Yeah, I used to be a model in New York. Right? Yeah. So she's you know ex-model, gorgeous, obviously. Um, yeah. And you've started something called... Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know which one you want to talk about. So you're part of um, Fashion Revolution. Uh, yes. So Andrea Plell, um, she is an awesome change maker here in San Francisco, and she's been doing um, fashion, sustainable fashion PR here in, in the Bay Area for years. And her and I have started Sustainable Fashion Alliance, right. which is a member-based uh, group of concerned fashion professionals 
uh, that want to come together and network and um, really collaborate and um, work together to to be to to do more for the industry. And you told me that this kind of came from you guys having workshops and which is so many brands or so many companies that were in this world of sustainability where you were like we need to create something that yeah. can all come together and be a part of you know this one network exactly and that says a lot about the industry today yeah and once we started it we instantly had 100 members and now it's growing we have 200 members uh and people are just hungry to to network and share resources and so we're so happy to have been able to create this for us to all get together and uh, and 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 share. Yeah. So for anyone who's not part of a network like that or doesn't work with fashion or sustainability or you know just wanting to learn more or wanting to make good conscious decisions, and this is something I've struggled with because I want to do the right thing, but the hard part is I go out there and I try to find these things in store or I try to find them online. It's really hard to know what you know what to do or what to buy yeah what not to buy do you have any online you know sources or anywhere to go where yeah. you can find companies yeah. that you can support do you know any of those yeah so um if you go to sustainablefashionalliance.com you can see our member mm-hmm. list and you can start there there's a list of, be- of of awesome brands that are are ethically and sustainably minded and if you dig a little deeper, um, a lot of those brands have blog roles that, that share other brands that they're um, touting and supporting. Uh, I know you know on wildlifeworks.com, if you go to our blog, uh, we have a couple of blog posts there and they're actually posted up on top of the our blog role that has a, a, a growing list of brands that we have uh, curated ourselves and edited that meet a lot of the sustainability and style uh, standards that we have. So um, yeah, you gotta just do a little digging. There's amazing resources out there. Um, Aiden, what is her name? Alden, I wanna cut that out. EcoCult. EcoCult. Right. EcoCult is awesome. I I love her emails. Um, She's got great resources and her articles are always on point and um, counter to what you might read uh, on mass and what you just re- keep reading the same thing over and over again and uh, in the in the mass press out there and she really cuts down to the core. some yeah, yeah. and really... also they're starting to become more of those online shops that only you know represent sustainable and exactly. ethical brands we a have company a... is a great one oh, I haven't heard that one mm-hmm. I know Beat and Rio um, yeah. Maravanti Revan Re- Re- in London exactly but, you know it's a growing network of yeah. that too so mm-hmm. There are really no reasons not to go out and look for it. Today yeah. with in internet and stuff, it's just so easy to find. Exactly. Instagram is a great way. You know, hashtag sustainable fashion. Mm-hmm. You'll find all kinds of brands out yeah. there. I really don't have uh, problems finding sustainable solutions anymore. I mean, you can always go to a thrift store and that's the best exactly. choice. Exactly. Vintage thrift store. And then also, mm-hmm. I think it's just a mindset. It's like, you know, what my podcast, Hey Change, is about. You know, it's really what you make it. I can say that it's really hard to shop sustainably. Or you say, it's really fun and easy to shop sustainably. And whatever you tell yourself, that's going to be the truth. Yeah. And you just have to put a little bit of effort. It's actually not not even that much effort. And for me, again, it's all about slowing down. I I cannot stress that enough. Mm. It's just slow down. Think twice about every purchase. That is so important. Yeah. Put mind behind your money. Yeah. Mind behind your money. There's this beautiful book called... uh, 
The Soul of Money Lynn by Lynn Twist. I know. Oh, I read it. God, I uh, read it when it first came out, and it just changed my world. And it's it was a beautiful so, book. It was so, um, you know, consistent with everything. You know, you you don't think about your money. You know, you think about like aligning your job. You you think about aligning other things in your life with your values, and the way that she framed you know, fl- the flow of your money to your mm-hmm. values. Wow. I was and what just part it has away. in your life? Because I think sometimes we don't want to think about money because it just installs fear yeah. or like, you know, lack of money or not having enough or like yeah. feeling bad for spending it. But money is just energy. Yeah. And where we like put water. that energy. Yes. It's yes. where it's going to, you know. And she, she just did an interview with Oprah mm. and you got to listen to um, Oprah, um, super soul. And she was like, she just threw out some amazing quotes. One of them was, you know, what you appreciate, appreciates. Mm-hmm. I love that I love so that much. And uh, it was just such a powerful, powerful um, message of, of just being in a place of abundance always. Yeah. You know, being grateful for everything you have and realizing it is a, just being a place of abundance. Definitely. Just slow down and be still and breathe and really feel everything yeah. you do. Yes. Put attention behind it. Feel what you do. Mm-hmm. Every dollar you spend. Yeah. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you for bringing that book up. I love yeah. it. I might read it again because yeah. I have it. And I will link it in this episode too. And some um, another organization I just want to mention now, she started Pachamama. No yeah. Of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. But they have this online course called Awakening the Dreamer. Yeah. And it's just like really too, it's so inspirational in a way because they just install this hope yeah. in you. And it's like you have so much power in your hands right now to make a difference yeah um and it's not too late we mm-hmm. can turn this trend around mm-hmm. and like really head into a more just and sustainable future mm-hmm. we just have to wake up yeah. and we got to start with ourselves i yeah. think that is uh, one of always my biggest takeaways when i think about these big issues is if you change yourself mm-hmm. that is the most powerful thing you do if yeah. you can just find you know your your authentic self inside you and and and, fi- and stick to that that's how you're going to influence others, and that's how the system can change is if you change yourself. You yeah. have to change yourself first. Definitely. And something that I found from changing, because I actually used to be a shopaholic. and I mean, yeah. It's uh, hard not to when you start off your your your, your career in fashion as I did. No, that was, this was far before that. It was when I was a teenager, <laughs> and I like literally would have to ban myself from even going to the city. I, I just could not not shop. Yeah. And... I, f- I found myself being a victim of it. Yeah. You know, I never felt good about shopping. Yeah. I mean, I did in that instant, in that yeah. moment. But then a few days later, I always felt ashamed. Yeah. Or like, you know, I, I have too much things. I don't yeah. need all this stuff. And so now, you know, when I'm intentionally shopping or buying things that I really want and that I really need, mm-hmm. or I don't know if you ever really need something. Do you really need anything? But, no. You know, yeah. um, just putting soul to my money, which you just exactly. talked about. It's just like it adds so much more value they wouldn't even expect. Exactly. So yeah, it's um, it's not about sacrificing. That's what I want to get to. Yeah. It's about choosing a new way of embracing life, yeah. and it really comes down to your money too. And money can have a beautiful part of your life, yeah, if you let it. Yeah, yeah I'm totally. so glad that yeah. you uh, know that book and read it. I know. I so Are much... we connecting now? Yeah, soul, like soul sister <laughs> level. level. Oh, definitely. <laughs> All right, uh, Joyce, it's been such a pleasure to talking to you, and um, I feel honored to be here in this room and. I truly hope, and I'm saying this live, so it's, I'm going to manifest it, that yeah. I can come and visit your facilities in Africa at some point. You can come anytime. It's been a dream of mine to go down there and see the elephants. It is life-changing. Yeah. It really is. There's something about 
um, the soul of Kenya, where you just feel, it's like your body feels the origin of life mm. and earth there. It's really magical. Powerful. Mm. I'm going. At yeah. some point, I'm going. I'm just saying it right now. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, we can keep talking all afternoon. Yeah, um, seriously. But we need to wrap this up, and I would love to finish this episode of Change with my final three questions. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, let's go. Okay, it's so number one. Here on Hey Change, we're all about positivity and spreading good news. So uh, what are some positive news that you've heard or read lately that you want to share with me and our listeners? I love this question. I love it because, I mean, the news is all about negativity because that's what they're feeding off of mm-hmm. to get more ads, right? <laughs> and ad <laughs> revenue. Definitely. Um, so one thing that I was really encouraged by that I uh, saw in the news is that London College of Fashion and Caring have paired up to start a six-week online sustainable fashion course. Oh. Um, so conventional fashion school right now really does not teach sustainable sustainable fashion, um, and this is such a huge uh, contribution to the system. Really, yeah. you know, you have students learning about and thinking about sustainable fashion, and they're going to bring that into their full time jobs when they graduate, and that's really where change you know, what will happen in terms of just systemic change. So Education really, is so powerful. Really, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so excited about this. Great news. Thank you. Yeah. See, I love having this podcast because I get to get all this good news exactly. coming. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so to follow up on that, uh, what, we, what do you do in your everyday life to make sure you stay positive and inspired? I practice gratitude mm. every day, every moment, as much as I can. That's it. So do you have any like particular ritual that you do? You know, it's uh, I do meditate. Mm. Uh, my husband and I actually both have meditation practice, and we try to do it as consistently as possible. Um, but I really have just brought it into my awareness. I think you know, it's just at every moment awareness. Um, when I get frazzled, it's gotten to a point where I can bring it back to that awareness mm. because I'm so conscious of it. You know that I've just brought it into my awareness so much, and it, it's. And I, you know, I, it's always positive affirmations. I listen to podcasts that, mm-hmm. you know, and just our conversation about gratitude, about soul of money, you know, uh, all of that is just constant reminders. So I'm always filling my world and my life and my, the people in my life, the conversations around, mm-hmm. around those moments of just silence and gratitude and yeah. awareness. And something that I've really, really realized lately, which I actually had a conversation about with my friend in New York just yesterday, is the importance of the energy you surround yourself with. Yeah. And, you know, you can eat all the right foods, you can exercise and meditate, but it's really about the energy you're in daily, the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. And, you know, how that is going to bring you to the very moment you're in all the time. And slow down. Yeah. I am a master at stressing around yeah. and trying to do everything at once. And right. it's really hard to be grateful when you're in that. You and know, that, the thing is that, that that it's work. It's work to be positive. It's work to be happy. You know, but that's what it's the payoff that is so worth it. Uh, and I heard a RuPaul talking the other day, and he and he he's actually quite spiritual. Mm-hmm. This guy is awesome. Uh, but he said that it's being negative is the easy way out it's it's the lazy way out and being positive being happy is work it's hard work yeah but it's worth it it's so i mean you have to it's the only way to live (laughs) wow all right so my final question for today Mm -hmm. if you could go back in time and tell your 20 year old self one thing what would that be 
Don't worry, you're gonna be just fine. Don't worry, you're gonna be just fine. That's it. That's it. Thank you again for tuning in today. I'm super excited to have you with me on this journey of change. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And if you have a minute over, please leave a quick review and some stars. Thank you. I'm also to be found on Instagram via the hashtag HeyChange or on my website, HeyChange.net. So please follow me and we can be friends. All right, until next time, have an awesome day and don't forget to get out there and embrace some change.